Hello, it is Feel Good Friday, May 7th. I am recording this from a very empty room at the arena for Friday Night Smackdown. Got a chance to have some good conversation. I think you're going to enjoy today. I hope so, at least. If you enjoy this by the end of this, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Ty is off doing big league adult duties. So Mitt is piecing this thing together. Hey, Mitt, I know this isn't the greatest audio, but I appreciate the hell out of you. If you can play this show for these people today, I'd appreciate you so much. Uh, let's have a great Friday. Cheers. What a fascinating week it has been in sports. Aaron Rodgers was the worst human on earth for a little bit. A diva, a prima donna, won it out of the Packers. The Packers did everything they possibly could. Then we found out yesterday that that was just a culmination of information that has been heard over the last couple months. Okay. You know, like, hey, uh... We had heard there is a, we potentially, you know, and then, hey, this is good to go out now. And we'll shut down everything. And then we'll do an interview with Dan Patrick. And then all of a sudden everybody be like, whoa, 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 what the fuck just happened? Did we just get an inside look at how insiders work in the NFL? I think we did. Do any of us like the way it goes? None of us. I assume that will change things. But we can also be appreciative of everything that Schefter has brought to us in the past. Now, there's always going to be those moments where Andrew Luck gets booed out of his own stadium because of an Adam Schefter break in the fourth quarter of a preseason game about a guy retiring that's a once-in-generation player, okay? And then there's going to be situations where Aaron Rodgers obviously gets hated by Packers fans and everybody around the NFL goes up in arms because there's a chance you can get Aaron Rodgers. But really, are they just currently negotiating an extension on contract so it might get a little bit contentious and that's how negotiations go and have you did you happen to hear that from other people and you decide to break that all hell's about to break those maybe but we can't forget that Schefter's done good in the NFL as well listen I when I say this I mean this Schefter told us basically that you know um Long before the ESPN ban of employees on the show, Schefter, I think, was trying to think ahead, and he was like, hey, uh, if, you want, if you want me to come on the show, you got to call people at ESPN to get me on the show. I'm like, okay, kind of big time me, but all good, understand, don't need you. We'll get somebody else on there. But through that, I actually gained a respect of, uh, of Schefter as well because he was like, listen, I, I want to do this the right way, okay? Like, these people are paying me a lot of money. I assume they pay him a lot of money. Go through there and that whole thing. I've had a lot of respect for Schefter for a long time. I think he's done a lot of great things for the NFL but I have never seen a larger hate situation than what was yesterday on the internet for Adam Schefter honestly he was getting buried people were calling in all of his credibility he's been around a long time I have no idea how this looks going forward for Adam Schefter but I do know that just like this show has done for a long time every piece of information that comes out we have to be diligent about the truth (laughs) who is pushing the narrative Who would want this information out? Why is this information out? We have to think about that as well as think about now that we know like how this potentially does happen where maybe a team does tell an insider an information. Then that person reports the information. All hell breaks loose, potentially burns down a contract negotiation that's currently happening. I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm just saying this could have potentially happened. And then all of a sudden that team calls the insider back and they're like, hey, yeah, we're fucked here. Is there any way you could potentially sit on this? Schefter goes on Dan Patrick, grabs a mug, drinks it, and goes, yeah, nobody told me 
kidding. <laughs> I just did it myself. So maybe that happened. We have no idea. Or maybe Schefter legitimately this far into the game feels as if he's confident enough that whenever he hears things from whoever, he can piece something together to make it a solid story. Whatever the case, everybody hates Schefter until last night. Everybody's got attention got shifted a much different direction and that is into the boxing world uh when somebody got somebody's hat and they're not even involved in a fight now they're banned from the stadium oh. the paul brothers floyd mayweather conor mcgregor's now involved is kind of taking over the inter- internet right now and i would assume aaron Rodgers is happy about that i'd assume the green bay packers are happy about that but i think the person that's most excited about the gotcha hat moment is uh, adam schefter after the day he had yesterday <laughs> today we'll talk about everything happening we have a legendary human in the studio with us down here in Tampa Bay, uh, host of the Man to Man podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah, yes, Darius Butler was in the NFL a long time. I don't remember how many years, but it's been a long time. Nine piece. At Ooh. corner and at safety. Right? Yes, sir. Corner, safety, nickel, you know, all over. Okay, so corner, nickel, two different positions. Very different. Okay, corner yeah. outside, nickel inside. Yep. Linebacker almost. Little hybrid, linebacker, DB. Okay, so you've been there, done that with everything in the back half of the defense. Yeah. Okay, so whenever you speak about something, everybody should be like, okay, we're getting good information. Nine years, every every position in the back half of the defense and drafted uh, to the Patriots. and uh, Everything DB, come on. Yeah, but also linebacker, you just said. Yeah. It's DB. as well. I think you more linebacker. I, I no, 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 no. I Boston Connors down here. Mike. And by the way, Connor is living in his incredibly high world right now. Yep. Not just because of the sage that potentially blew through this show as it was kicking off, Perhaps. but because Mac Jones is quarterback who? of the future. He's going to learn from Cam. Who? Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Who? He's going to learn from Cam. Newman. Yeah, for a little bit maybe. Hopefully, who knows how this is going to go. But Bill Belichick, I still feel... Okay, and I'm going to ask uh, Darius Butler this as well. Did you see the war room? Uh, Bills? Yeah. Yeah, I saw the excitement. Matt Patricia had to give the final okay, which is interesting. All right, especially from Detroit Lions fans. In Good there. old Matty P. Uh, but I do like the fact that at this point, Bill Belichick is opening up there. How, how do we all feel about this? We all feel good. You know, that's how. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's how. That's how good business operates, you would hope, is a collection of thoughts. Although one person potentially, in this case, Bill Belichick, carries maybe uh, two votes if it had to happen. But I don't know if Mac Jones was the plan all along. I wonder what they were going to do at 15 if they weren't going to take a quarterback. Like, what do you think Bill Belichick was going to Didn't trade up, right? Maybe he didn't think he had to. Maybe mm-hmm. he didn't think he had to. Maybe he knew Mac Jones was going to drop. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But it do- what do I you think, think he knew one of the quarterbacks would be there. You think he was going quarterback? I think. I mean... He didn't move to get one, so I think he was good with his board. Like, oh, whoever was going to be at that Now at that the spot. Patriots fans are going to be pissed off that you said he didn't move to go get Mac Jones, yeah. so he didn't like Mac Jones. But I think I it's real. Not though. enough yeah. to go get him. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I, with how much – how aggressive he was in this free agency, mm-hmm. it is a very fascinating story that Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, greatest GM of all time too, by the way. He got ranked like 18th or something. Yep. Is there any other GMs out there that have as many rings as he's got? I I don't think so. No way. I, I am, I'm not close. So no in my eyes, okay, greatest of all time. But whenever he spends $150 million on day one, which is not normal, and whenever he brings in all these weapons and he sees what they were last year, but then he also brings back Cam Newton. Now, it's not a massive contract, but he still brings back Cam Newton, pays him more than they paid him last year. I just – I like the thought that he was comfortable with his board with whatever, but if Mac Jones goes to the Niners like everybody thought he was for a long time – 
Michael Lombardi actually at one point during the draft cycle alongside the rest of us said 97% of people in the NFL think Mac Jones is going to the Niners or mm-hmm. whatever. So let's assume everybody thought that. I wonder who the fuck he was Idiots. Doing. Never thought Mac Jones was going through. You know. Everybody. Anytime I spoke on it, I said, it's no, I will not believe it until Roger Goodell reads his name off a cart at the number three spot. <laughs> Did you see that dude walk out of the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's be the third overall pick. The guy hey, can play. Easy. On, all right, Get easy on old Mac Jones. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a nerd white. Okay. He had an anxious insurance walk. All right. They call him the Joker. He thought he was going third. He did not. I assume he thought he was going third as well. I mean, everybody thought he was going third. Maybe until the the day of or whatever. But you didn't let anybody that potentially had inside information sway you at all, and that's why we need more Darius Butlers in the media. That's right. Hey, man. You just saw it, you know, how the inside information, you know, how that— You, you didn't know that. How that can hold be, how that you can didn't be finesse behind the scenes. That is true, though. Could be just an accumulation of a bunch of bullshit. Mac Jones at three? Come on, man. I'm not trading up there to get him. Well, that's kind of what Shanahan and Lynch said, by the way. They were like, uh, we saw all the noise. <laughs> And we weren't going to stop it. Perfect. And, we, yeah. and, and, them, and them doing that last press conference or whatever, was it two days? I think it was Tuesday. I think yeah, it was a Tuesday before the draft. draft. So it would have been the 27th, I think. Might have been the 26th. Excuse me if I'm wrong there. First round, April 29th. They did a full press conference. And I was like, this is interesting. Because they could have definitely said no to that. Mm-hmm. Like There could have been some way to finagle uh, schedules or we had to do a last trip to somewhere or just before the draft. They sat up there for like 30 minutes, it felt like, answered every question and didn't give away shit. And that's yep. because they literally were sitting up there like, none of these people have a clue what we're going to say. Any idea. I wonder if there was any moments where Shanahan was like going to stir up the Mac Jones stuff a little bit more. You know, like a lot of like when Mac, when Mac Jones... And uh, Justin Fields had their pro days on the same day. And they went to Mac Jones instead. I was like, hmm, it's interesting. Maybe that was a little part of their plan. Oh, did you? Oh, oh so you did almost. You did almost say, hey, maybe Mac Jones almost is going through. for a second. But then I watched Mac Jones pro day. <laughs> Once again, it reassured me. Absolutely not. This guy's right. not three. Oh, oh, we got Devontae Smith to play. What are you talking about? Yeah, oh, yeah. He carhoes him to run four routes. Right. Caught a touchdown Stop pass. It. Hey, listen. Darius Butler was drafted to the Patriots. Okay? That's right. He's went to UConn. Right? So he knows the New England area well. Yeah. And he's probably been listening and hearing maybe old friends from around there or you uh, talk about how Mac Jones is about to be the guy. And you're like, right. wait a fucking minute, dude. Can we relax for a second? That's how you feel about that? It's a good spot for him. Probably the best spot for him to succeed on this level. But, um, you know, he's, a lot of Tom Brady comparisons. I don't see anything comparable outside of the combine <laughs> picks. Like he needs, he needs, he needs, nah, he needs a much a much stronger arm to be a Tom Brady. But a smart kid. Josh McDaniels is a great play caller. Um, you know, it's still fuck Josh McDaniels on this side. You know, because hey, I was man. a Colt. And he was supposed to, you, you know, remember how he did us. Turn the plane around. You yeah. know, but um, good but yeah, you know, Mac, it could be good though. Uh, Mac great. could be good. And by the way, it's, it's the only reason why I brought it up on this Feel Good Friday was for that. <laughs> Right there for him to say, this guy stinks. Because uh, no, be Connor's all in 10, 15 years. We're going on another uh, run. Why not? I going mean, on another run. Why wouldn't I be, though? we but, got a great old line. I, to your point about the Tom Brady thing, the thing that makes Tom Brady Tom Brady is in between his ears. Yeah. So, like, he's got Tom Brady in him. He's like, okay, fucking. 
He's the most competitive human of all time. Is that he? He's going to eat avocado ice cream from now on to make his body the best it could possibly be, so he can potentially play as long as possible because he wants to win as much as possible. Like, is that? Does he have that? Because if he does, that motherfucker should go one. Then, if we can find out who is going to be the most competitive quarterback, which I think is what you need, by the way, and. I assume there's, like, cool ways to kind of go about winning or whatever. But I think, like, Patrick Mahomes is a cool dude. I would assume people would talk about Patrick Mahomes being, like, a uber-competitive human being. Because the amount of time it takes to be the quarterback, because you have to be in there early. Like, you have to be the motherfucker that's working. You can't be... even if it's not you, you have to at least fake do that. Like yeah. you have to be like this person and everything kind of goes as you go. The team has to be good around you and everything like that, obviously. But I think like Tom lifted the players in Tampa, I'd assume. I'd assume he made them better. Darius, I might be wrong in thinking that, and you're on the defensive side of the ball, so this is a completely different team almost within a team aside from the offense. But do you think when you got a guy that you know can go, it changes everybody though? Definitely, 1,000%. I mean, you know, jogging out of that tunnel, like, we should win this ball game first and foremost. And then most – I remember uh, talking about this with uh, McCourty uh, back when he got drafted as a rookie, and we were going to games – and it was like, bro, whatever we just dealt with with Tom and Randy and Wes in practice, like, I promise you we're not going to have to worry about this with Trent Edwards up at Buffalo right now. So um, it's just, you know, it's different, you know, getting, you know, getting baptized by fire in practice. And then even when he's not on the field, you know, I remember as a rookie or a second, uh, second year player here in time, hey, make a play, d but You know, yeah. it's like, damn, like, you know, that's, that's the quarterback. So um, it's that real. definitely changes the team for I, sure. I think you have to have a certain personality trait to be a successful quarterback. Now, it might change the – the appearances of it might change whether it's more docile human and more fiery human, but I think you have to have that. I want to win at all costs. Yeah. Type bad. I think you because the amount of time, and this is what when the judgment of who's the quarterback, who's going to be the best quarterback in the draft, and blah blah blah. That that whole thing was going on, and who's going to be one, who's going to be two. Everybody knew Trevor, but they're like, who's going to be two or whatever. And it was Justin Fields for the longest time, and then it became. Uh, Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. then Trey Lance got in there and then you Mac Jones was never in yours but it just the fascinating thing of who it is if for me it's like if the person can make every throw all right now let me figure out which guy and that's why I kind of like Sirianni doing like rock paper scissors now I would have done like cornhole or something or maybe even dice to be honest with you I, I, I would have like something along those I need to find out who's the most competitive fucking guy that's out there because this job is relentless and you're gonna have to have a real drive to want to be great so whenever they're like he's got a little tom brady in him i'm like okay all right does he how the fuck do we know yeah like i guess because he got in they won a natty he battled in practice so i guess you could talk about that his teammates said they loved him they liked the way he talked shit to the defense and everything so maybe that's why they said he's got tom brady in him but i think it was because of the photos and everything like that but if you get somebody that has tom brady in him or peyton manning in him (laughs) or aaron Rodgers in him he gave an entire speech about why he likes football and why he likes the nfl it's it was strictly because of the competition is is why because he wanted to win it's just like that's a tough position to judge and to rank I think that's the one I'd be looking for most if we just fell into an NFL team that we ran. Yeah, I think it's impossible to know if you got Tom Brady in the quarterback that you're drafting. But at least for, you know, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and even Justin Fields, like learning behind a guy that, you know, will show up early and kind of show you the ropes of how you're supposed to act as the yeah, NFL Yeah, Cam's team a guy. Team, that's going to help him immensely. Yeah, Cam's been there, done that too. Yeah. Facts. Showing up at 5.30 every morning. Um, by the way, big day today. Huge. Today we are introducing the hashtag... PMS 
15K ticker trivia. That's right. $15,000 will be up for grabs here today. All you got to do is watch along at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show on the bottom ticker. There will be five questions that appear sporadically throughout the show. They will appear twice on the ticker at the bottom of the feed each time and you will never see them again. Now, the ticker is at the bottom of the screen for our show whenever it gets put into the screen of the show. We will be able to do this. I think it should be at some point. Soon. Should be coming down here. But when it shows up down here, they will scroll a question. Some of them are show history questions. Some of them are ungoogleable questions. Some of them are googleable questions. There'll be five of them. There will be uh, one in this first hour as we work out. Then the next four will be in the last two hours. We also have Michael Chandler, the first person that tweets out hashtag PMS15K ticker trivia after all five questions have been asked. Okay, so after all five questions have been asked, you go to Twitter, use the hashtag PMS15K ticker trivia the first person to get all five questions right with the hashtag in the tweet will win the fifteen thousand dollars we can't thank you enough for participating you can enter multiple times so maybe you want to write down the question like for instance this first one here here it comes will come maybe during the break let's turn some music on let's get to a break uh watch along at youtube.com forward slash the pat mcafee show and uh you'll be able to i think you gotta hit some sound zito from the there we go hey good work z there we go hey here's the first question look who holds the record for the shortest interview in our show should have been an apostrophe on there that's my fault history in our show's history got it d but do you know the answer to that the shortest nah once again this thing will run through hashtag pms 15k ticker trivia question one <laughs> shortest who holds the record for the shortest interview in our show's history huh. it was recent oh yeah kind of gave you a layup early here write down the question write down your answer if you get all five right after all five questions have been asked on the ticker and tweet out with the hashtag pms 15k ticker trivia You'll win $15,000. Yeah! We'll see you on the other side of the break. We'll take some phone calls. We got Mike Chandler joining us today. Michael Chandler is fighting for the lightweight title next week of the UFC. He uh, he beat the fuck out of somebody a couple months ago, and then oh, he came yeah. on the show. Knocked him. I think. And now he's fighting for the title next weekend. We'll talk to him. He's fighting Charles Oliveira. We also have AJ Hawk joining us. And more surprises with $15,000 up for grabs on this beautiful feel-good Friday show. <laughs> People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. Oh, my Whoa. God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, no. minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30 in the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? 
Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm-hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, zinc, magnesium, maca, and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com slash USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good news. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. But joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a man who I heard was just on national television. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yes, guys. Media takeover will continue as soon as nice. we say his name. College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Yeah. AJ. The insider to the insiders. Wow. What happened with Colin Coward? People are saying you want Adam. Is that what happened? I want Adam? Who yeah. says that? Oh, no. Everybody. Now, Billy Tubes actually texted me that, and I should have known that he was pretending. <laughs> he said the chat was saying that you tore, you went after him. Is that the YouTube comments were saying that you went after him? I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you'd have to show me a spot. I didn't feel like we had any animosity or I went at him for anything. That's not what they're I don't know who's lying here. Is it Billy Tubes? Is it the chat or is it AJ? I'm not, I mean, I don't know. Like, what What did I go, does anyone have an example of something I went after him? Well, what you guys talk about? Uh, you know, just normal stuff. Nothing about Aaron. Just, like, general overview of the NFL. What did you say? Did you, did he say something that contradicted your information? And did you say, that ain't right, Colin. That ain't what, that ain't what's going no. on. Did you have any of those moments? No, I don't think so. I mean, okay, does someone think I went after okay. him? He said, here we go. Think- See, we just got to it. We <laughs> yeah. just got to it. Okay, no, here we go. Yep, if yep, someone yep, interpreted like I, I was going after him, I think he, maybe this would be the part, he said something about, like, does Aaron care if the fans maybe turned on him? They, He was booed in a minor league ballpark in whatever. Like, does he care? And I said, That's well, first league. off, the heat, a video of Aaron in a commercial was booed. If Aaron was standing there, I don't know if they do the same thing. Maybe that. Did he think, is that going after him? Oh, it was like uh, uh, you did like a... Uh, they think you did like a fuck you type thing to him. That's what that they think. That can't be it. That can't, uh, that be, can't it. be it. No, because there's no way Colin took it that way either. Colin was like probably valid. And then he probably said, no, they would have booed him too, which they might have, by the way. And it wasn't a minor league. I think it was the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. It was actually the Brewers. So, which I think he's a fan of, partial owner. Mm-hmm. No, that's the Bucks. Partial owner of the Bucks, but definitely a fan of the Brewers. Some of the Brewers. So that's how out of control it got, though. And I wonder if that's why Adam Schefter had to go talk about it on Dan Patrick's show. Darius, uh, AJ, Darius is with us, by the way. AJ, good to see you. Good to see you, Darius. What's up, man? In the first hour when you were on Colin Cowherd, we were, um, I know you were, you know, trying to make sure nobody's watching this show. The the insiders goes on a competition. But we talked about um, 
We talked about training camp singing and rookie skits and everything about the importance of it. We had somebody, and it reminded me and us <laughs> of at some year, we forget when it was, and I don't know if you were still in the league then or not, but somebody did, uh, instead of singing a song to lift the spirits, everybody, they did a uh, spoken word, like uh, uh, slam poetry, and it was like an awkward situation. <laughs> Look at your laugh there. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. Did you guys have any of those moments, and did you guys have to do anything as rookies? Uh, luckily, my first year in Green Bay was Mike McCarthy's first year, and one of the first things first things that he said was like he's not into the whole hazing rookies and everything. So I was like, yes, that is me. Like I just had to pay for a dinner for the defense when it was very reasonable hazing, actually because but... it was a set menu. It was perfect. Well, that is hazing, oh. right? Because they made you pay, so you're a rookie. Of course, I, I, I was mean, willing to. If they're going to say singing those, I, and we then got into this conversation, it was yeah, like, I, I wouldn't categorize hazing. Yeah, we don't think that's hazing. So we got into no. this convo, but you were busy tearing down Colin Coward, but like we got uh, hazing needs to be separated, you know, from the articles that you like to read and share uh, about like the nonsense that mm. potentially happens from people, and then like the earn your your stripes, earn your keep type run like the the singing the potential uh buying carry stuff pets. for the plane carry, that that type of stuff you know like i don't know if that's necessarily hazing as so because i guess everybody it's has not. done it and it's an initiation it's not hazing yeah that is not hazing at all i, don't I did so the same. like i had to buy bring food to the airport every away game and everything all of that stuff i never looked at it as hazing for one second but hold on going back to this slam poet that you guys <laughs> had to show up no, it was tough, uh-huh. dude. all right was how tough. did they i feel like the second we you would realize the person was serious the whole place would just get up and walk out no so we couldn't that's interesting that that's what you thought because we all had a moment too of going you know like wow what is because he put us in a he, put, he put, put us in a, bind. In a bad in spot. Bind. Bind. Was he like talking about being molested or something? Like, Close oh. shot. I think somebody got shot. Somebody was killed early. It was, it was some real shit. Somebody That's was tough. killed early, like yeah. first or second sentence, and it was like, oh no, no, no. But is that, this guy the? Hey, is this the most confident human alive? Why would you choose that venue? <laughs> that was his go-to. I get. I don't know. But we wow. we were in a tough spot. He, you know, he was like, I'm gonna kill him with this too. Crush. You know what I mean? So you didn't have the singer, nothing, AJ. I was so lucky, man. Yeah, I did not have to sing or really do anything like that. Damn. I think maybe maybe like the little quick fight song like in the defensive (laughs) room. Yeah, fight song, song. signing bonus. Oh, yeah. Name, position, fight song, signing bonus. It it didn't matter what you said either. (laughs) I got $7,000. Oh, shit. My name's Mitchell. I want to (laughs) Utah. And my signing bonus was $2,000 as an undrafted free agent. (laughs) I mean, it was the most fake enthusiasm of all time for all of those things. AJ's was probably massive, too. Well, yeah, the first rounders. I I got a real reaction. They go, too. They go, too. And I think some of us learned some stuff, too, about them immediately upon them saying, well, that wasn't what was reported. That wasn't how that was reported. It's actually... Good for you. I didn't know you were making more money than what I thought you were making. Let's go to um, anything new, by the way. Not that I have seen. What's it going on all these shows for? I know. It's absolute horseshit. I think that's why they're – I think I apologized to Colin at the end. Like, sorry, I didn't have anything for you, man. (laughs) Honestly. Sawed him down there, too. It's okay. Had you you ever talked to Colin before? Is that your first time on the show? No, I've done it in studio, and I've done it. I've done it a decent. I like Colin a lot. Man. He's good. Oh, <laughs> shit. Regular. In studio. I like Colin too. Have you ever done anything over there? Yeah, Colin. Cool, Colin. Yeah, Colin's cool. In studio. Uh, uh, no, nah, virtual. Yeah, I haven't been in, in studio. Colin's been around a long time, dude. 
That dude, around he's been around a long time. Him. He was at ESPN, right, before? Yeah, and then Fox Sports 1 was, like, founded around him almost, I think. Like, he was, like. Him a, and Regis. Oh, yeah, with that show with Regis. Uh, <laughs> Regis Philbin? Yeah, he was on yeah. the far left. They had seven hosts. They, he was on the far left. <laughs> and then Regis there was, and Colin Cotter. I think it was an okay you show. Know you know, I think it was an okay no. show. You know, like, <laughs> it did get canceled. <laughs> Very quickly. Yeah, right away. Dude, it had so much press behind it. Don't look at the camera and don't try to look. You're looking, try to look at me and talk about how you feel about the show. <laughs> Listen, so it had so much push. Do you remember the press around? <laughs> Do you remember? That's the hard thing. Like when you push something like that, there's so much expectation built up. Uh, it crashed, dude. Oh. It did not do well. And I don't think it was anybody's fault. Okay. The expectations were set too, too damn high. But Fox Sports won. They. <laughs> They paid Colin Coward out of his ESPN contract, I think. And that was like one of their main building blocks or whatever. And that, to his credit, by the way, normally when people do that, the person disappears. He is not at all. He is yeah. he is just as... Now, people say he's a fucking idiot in the thing he's... things Like, this is what people say on the internet. Yeah. And right now, people are saying that in the chat, probably, as I'm speaking about Colin. But to talk about sports for this long and be this relevant, I think that is... People care. Very, very important. And I think... Yeah. I think he's very impressive. I wonder his thoughts on Shefty's thing yesterday. Did he tell you? I, know. I, I wanted to ask him, honestly, but no, we didn't really get into that. Because he always talks about stuff like, I don't know if that's his thing. Because our show, obviously, like, why'd that happen? We're a big why'd that happen show, you mm -hmm. know? The Schefter stuff is fascinating. Like, did everybody in the media, aside from us, potentially know that that's exactly how it works? You know? Mm. I don't know. Do you think? I mean, they don't know that. Do they know how often it works like that? I guess would be the, the my question. Like, and is this how, how a lot of your breaking stories are? Yeah. Well, that's the biggest fucking one, right? I mean, this is. It was just the timing of it. The draft day. Yeah, it was like right before the draft. Shefty just said, like, "Oh, it just happened to be draft day." I'm like, well, you, yeah, you knew that. Like, did it have any kind of thought to it? like this is the day? Yeah. Or no, he did actually explain himself. He, he said, said, "Like Bruce Allen in Minnesota yes. leaked something that somebody was talking." That the Niners made an offer for Aaron or something like that. Yeah. But that that came out when the Rams, too. The Rams came yeah. out and allegedly made an offer, too, before Matthew Stafford. So that didn't make Schefter make his, you know, big announcement then. This one, though, since it was close to the draft and maybe it would happen on draft night, he felt as if he had to do it. But, boy, I think – like, do you think ESPN told him to do that? No. I Well – I don't know. They they should be pretty happy he did it. I know it kept um, a lot yeah, more eyeballs around. I think they told him. People hold on to that one. People are not happy yeah, about it. First, what twenty minutes? We knew. We knew Trevor was going first. We knew Zach, Zach. was going second. Kings of Leon performed for an hour. Well, okay, like, you know, fine. Something, okay. You something to talk about. <laughs> okay. Well, and okay. It, it kept people longer though. Past it kept people probably the whole first round. They wanted to yeah. see if something happened with Aaron. So that is also then why. The internet attacked ESPN yesterday, too. The ESPN was getting it on the shins yesterday. So is that oh, why – do you think that's why Shefty went on Dan Patrick to tell it? So it wasn't like, hey, we're <laughs> too much in this? What makes sense. All right, don't break it on here. <laughs> yeah. Listen, just get it away from us as much as you can. And what they didn't know is when, when you send your guy out there, you know, they, they kind of rally, and then it did come back. You know what I mean? Like it, yesterday on the internet was a tough day for old Shefty, man. I love the internet. Hey, the internet is a uh, – Greatest. They're a passionate bunch. They're a passionate bunch if they feel like they've been wronged. And I feel like this Rogers story was so big. I feel like a lot of people did feel like they were been wronged. And by the way, a lot of those people that did start, you know, attacking the origins of the story yesterday pretty heavily, they were coming after me too. They were coming after me. I felt I felt the passion of those people because Aaron Rodgers 
leaving the Packers is fucking massive. Yeah. People thinking Aaron Rodgers is an asshole again in a prima donna and all this, even after like 17 straight weeks of like 45 minutes to hour long conversations about that went pretty pretty deep into who he was as a human. Oh, it's yeah. like, no, 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 that was all a lie. That's all bullshit. <laughs> this guy wanted to steal the draft again. It's like all those people came out, and then yesterday it was kind of like uh, they felt like they'd been wronged. You know, like, well, you made me look stupid for doing that almost, so they all just boom. Which, by the way, insiders can do that to all of us if they want to. They can make us all look very dumb. We have... we. We put a lot of trust, Darius. We put a lot of trust in these insiders to know their shit. A lot of sports conversation revolves around the insiders, and I think the leagues also have a lot of faith in the insiders as well. Like, not the leagues, but the teams individually. That is yeah, why, of course that's they why do. it's so big, it's you know? they pawns. Yeah, yeah, because you get a chance to kind of put out yeah, a... Yeah, put out your little narratives. I, I'm not a big fan of the insiders. You know, hey, everybody's got a job to do, you know, <laughs> but, you know, they like to stir shit up. The anonymous sources... I hate the anonymous. That, that's the word. Oh, I heard from a position coach in the AFC. Like, no, which what position? Yeah, what position? Yeah. Out of here. What team? Does the team stink? Because I would like to know what position of that team that stinks is the position group stink as well. Because we should and, at least. Know hey, I want to know it. I want to know that position coach's motivation to tell you this too. What's exactly. he getting out of it? Yeah, is he getting maybe better? You know. Coverage push when when it's your time Getting to interview something. for jobs, like we can give you a push and put your name out there. Oh, top top five greatest <laughs> or top five defensive coordinator candidates out there. Here you go, bud. Here's hey, your push. All right, I'll give you this. Do you think you could do a little breakdown maybe on uh, the improvement the player has made in my coaching? Uh, is there any way you could do that? Absolutely. What's the breakdown? This guy stinks. A fucking position group or position coach in the AFC says this guy stinks. Okay, I'll run with that. That'll oh. go. Bang. Now we'll do a little thing about this guy, how good he has become in the last year, how he has a chance. Mm-hmm. You got to give a little bit of credit to at least this coach here who's done a little bit. Look for him in a, down the road to potentially yeah. be a head coach. But, Quarter. like, that's how you think it would work, right? Like, in our, in our movies, it's like, that's probably what's going on. That's what's probably going on. But then you think in real life there's no way that happens. And then you... You see the coverage of everything revolving the NFL draft in this Aaron Rodgers situation, and you hear, like, no, it was just chosen to go out on draft day. It's like, oh, okay, so everything we thought that was, like, movie world is potentially real. And did Colin Cowherd know that? That's what, like, did Colin Cowherd know that? And does he know that every day he goes on the air about stuff that he's hearing? Is there a chance that it's all bullshit? You know, like, I, that's what I would like to know. At what year will we find out everything, you know? Will we continue to never. learn these things? Yeah, never. Thanks, Jay. Jay knew. Jay knew. That's why he got out of that game. Jay said, I'm not doing this day-to-day bullshit anymore. All right, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'll show up Fox NFL Sunday. I'll call into your show if if you guys want me and maybe smack Ty Schmidt around for doing his impression of me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not doing this day-to-day stuff. Uh, AJ, did you see the gotcha hat last night? The Paul brothers from Ohio are taking over everything. And uh, nobody even the, – the haters can't even realize that they are taking over the world right now. Last night – Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather had a stare down and a press conference. There was a little shit talk sesh that happened down at Miami Stadium where the fight will be in June. It's going to be hot. Okay, it is going to be hot down there. I don't know if I'm going, but it's going to be a bit hot down there. That fight, obviously, or that stare down press conference led to a moment where Jake Paul uh, then stole Floyd Mayweather's hat, which led to all hell breaking loose. Jake Paul getting punched in the face. Floyd Mayweather saying he's going to kill a motherfucker. And uh, the whole world talking about it, including Conor McGregor. Whenever we talked about Aaron Rodgers, 
Jerry Krause, the storylines that were going around on sports media. And the reason why that storyline was such a good one for sports media, because that brings in Michael Jordan does. Mm -hmm. And then if you bring in Michael Jordan, guess who that brings in LeBron James. And even if you bring in LeBron James, guess who that brings in Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we have this power. And if we could get Jerry Jones involved, we said that would be the perfect click conversation, sports entertainment thing that you could possibly do with this one in the fight game you got the paul brothers floyd mayweather conor mcgregor i assume dana white's going to get involved in this thing and there's a hat that got stolen that has led to a tattoo and merch sales the paul brothers are just puppeteers of this entire thing and nobody really understands it and floyd mayweather has been doing this for like 20 years at this point uh all business involved here i am mightily impressed aj Right. I think it's I guess it's pretty impressive if you're willing to do things like this, if you're willing to go out there and steal Floyd Mayweather's hat because your brother is going to be fighting him. And you're trying to promote the fight and possibly, like, you know, Jake's probably like, hey, after uh, Logan gets beat, I want I want Floyd next. You know, Jake's oh, probably sure. setting that up. But did he get punched in the face? I saw the video. Yeah. And it looked there were so many cameras, but I didn't get a good angle. Yeah, there was a lot of cameras, did not get a clear shot of much, uh, which is fascinating. Very and, fascinating. And uh, I hope everybody here was COVID tested, obviously. I hope everybody survives and makes it to June, obviously. But the oh, gotcha. People, please do not get your ass whooped thinking that that shit is real. Yeah, <laughs> that been, looks so I've <laughs> been around uh, Floyd Mayweather's security, and it will be the best O line in the league. If they that, wanted that to be, shit, yeah, that shit would not go down in real life. This is genius marketing. They're setting the fight. All obviously. of them, the Paul brothers. You know, they know how the internet works. They've been in this game for a minute. Floyd's in it. He's gonna get his bag. Um, I just hope he don't get his ass knocked out. Who, Floyd? Floyd. I mean, it only takes by Logan, shot. it only no takes one shot. Okay, so you you do Logan's believe, a lot bigger, but Logan is a lot bigger. And by the way. Logan, I assume Logan has been training just as much as Jake has. I don't think anybody appreciates the fact that Jake has been training for like three straight years, yeah. I guess, every day to do his uh-huh. boxing thing. I'm not saying he's anywhere near what like professional champion boxers are, but it feels like Jake like loves the sport and loves everything that comes with it, which I think is what a lot of people love the sport for, by the way. So that whole narrative that he, he doesn't love the sport for the sport, it's like... Does anybody? Like, <laughs> does anybody, anybody? I mean, maybe there's people that are passionate about the oh, craft, yeah. and I would assume Floyd Mayweather is somebody that is also very passionate about the craft and all these other boxes as well. But I think what comes alongside boxing is also pretty intriguing for a lot of people, including the Paul brothers. But the business side of this whole thing, so smart. I think yesterday they were pitching. He wanted to do uh, both Paul brothers in yep. the same night. Floyd is what Floyd was pitching, and Jake okay. probably trying to get in there as well. The fact that you said, though, that you think Floyd might get – Floyd doesn't get hit. Get no, no, hit. no. I'm not saying he might. I'm just saying. It's a, I mean, it's boxing. It's a possibility. Don't take one shot. What about Sweet Feet Johnson? You see, he's getting it. I don't hey, know who he's uh-huh. fighting yet. I think is it on this card? Is he fighting him on this? I think he's on the undercard on the same, uh, same night. I think so, too. Sweet, I, I hey, by the way, so now we got Floyd hey, Mayweather, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Conor McGregor, all in one story, and – Potentially, Ocho. Okay, let's get this going. And maybe Matt Barnes. And maybe Matt Barnes allegedly fighting Ocho. Boxing fans probably hate this shit. They get so mad, yeah. Like Conor McGregor, for instance. Well, Conor McGregor, the, the way Conor McGregor got tied into this is Conor McGregor asked Floyd's uh, right-hand guy, I think in business, uh, what's his name? Leonard Ellerby. Uh, he actually posted a picture of him patting the top of Floyd Mayweather's head in their, in their incredible global marketing tour they went on, by the way. They took over like London, New York, L.A., and Dublin, I think. Like it was unbelievable. There was always, fuck the Mayweathers. You remember that entire <laughs> thing. Uh, but 
Conor McGregor asks, what the fuck is Floyd at after this entire thing down in Miami happened? The kid curled up, didn't fight back once, and Floyd is still running around acting the tough guy. The kid actually just pulled the shambles of a situation Floyd is in out of the drain for him. Okay, he should thank him. It's embarrassing. Pro to pro. It's embarrassing. He will not scratch $10 million for this fight, and he knows it, as in Floyd. It was canceled once already. The world is watching this on Twitter. He'd fight a half-decent pro and command $20 million upwards, yet it's this shit. Whatever way you spin this, it's sad. Fight someone for real on your record, or fuck <laughs> off, mate. Slaphead. So this is potentially how a lot of boxing people feel as well. I think that's a Connor promo to win over the boxing community, actually. Ooh. Or so, to set up a rematch with him and Floyd. He should be. Which would be genius. He should be. I don't know why he's not. And he's only, helping, but he's only helping Floyd by posting this. He's only bringing more eyes to it. Hell yeah. You're 100% right. So maybe Floyd asked Connor, like, hey, you remember what we did? Is there any way you could potentially do this? And Logan was like, Jake, is there any way you could potentially do this? Let's go. And by the way, we'll run this back. We'll figure this out again. And we'll just make, you know, we'll just make a couple hundred million here over the next couple of years, numerous times if we want. Unbelievable. Good business. Yeah. Hey, business. very smart. The root. Uh, I'm not 100% sure who they are, but they said, this ain't what Jesus died for. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, which time? You know? That's right. First uh, time, maybe. Second time, not so much. No way. That ain't what Jesus died for. <laughs> not for a gotcha hat, which, by the way, I think you can buy the dad hat gotcha hats now available um, from of Jake Paul's merch. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he also has a tattoo on there. So, Are there any punches thrown in that melee? Allegedly, Jake got punched in the eye and his teeth and his shirt. So allegedly something did happen. But what Floyd was saying was, I'm going to kill that motherfucker. (laughs) Nobody did die, which is good news. The fight is still on. We have to get to a break. Uh, Michael, can we get some sound? Thank you. We, uh, Michael Chandler will join us on the other side. Speaking of fighting, we'll ask him his thoughts on this. Is this after altercation? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so, no. That's Jake's banned from the fight, too. He can't come. He's going to break in. Yeah. Oh, he'll be there. Jake right. has been, yeah, you're right. The most recent update, Jake has been banned from the fight. <laughs> if he drops in like Sting from the rafters, I'm going to be so happy, dude. I can't wait. Who's going to perform at this thing? Can't wait oh, to see the God. musicians that are lined up for this. It's going to be a spectacle. <laughs> So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, Six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, We are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. You know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, We love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, join us now is a man who's going to be the lightweight champion 
of the UFC next weekend, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Chandler. Yeah! How are you, buddy? Oh, I muted. It's probably our fault. Probably our fault. You're muted. It's probably our fault. You're muted. I think you're muted. We'll call you back. This guy's going to be a champion in fighting. Let's not piss him off, okay? No. Let's please not mute this guy. Is that our fault? AJ, it's normally your fault whenever we have problems. But in this one, let's hope that this was our fault and let's not piss off Michael Chandler. You're a big UFC fan. It's a big deal. Vacant title. Somebody's going to get... Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, the lightweight champion at around Saturday next week, midnight-ish. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Chandler. Yeah! Woo! What's up, Pat? Yes. There we go. You sound good. You look there we go. Hey, you sound good. You look good. Are we a, we're a week out from the fight, right? What is the mindset? How do we feel about this whole thing? Man, everything is great. The hay is in the barn, so to speak. Now all we got to do is uh, make weight the next Friday night and then uh, strap on the gloves and go out there and win a title for the U.S. of A. I think the last time we chatted with you, you said uh, you live the lifestyle, the fighter lifestyle. Uh, you're all in, the food you eat, the way you train. It doesn't matter if it's a fight camp or not. You're kind of, uh, you don't get ready, you stay ready type thing. Did fight camp change for you? And how hard will it be to get down to make weight? Is that, is that something that with your fighter lifestyle is, is helped or affected by, or does that always suck for everybody? Yeah, no matter no matter what, honestly, it, it always sucks those last couple pounds. Uh, you know, for me, I pride, I pride myself on taking all the necessary steps from eight weeks out, ten weeks out, all the way down to the weight cut. Uh, but those last couple last couple pounds always are uh, a very tough. But um, yeah, unfortunately, the fighter lifestyle isn't exactly the most disciplined one when you really. When you really look at the way most people live their lives, I try to try to be just be a professional. You know, it doesn't matter if you're in the NFL, NBA, mixed martial arts. Um, just be a professional. Do every single thing that you possibly can correctly, and then things will pay off not only on the field, on the court, in the octagon, but also in things like the weight cut, in things like your business dealings, in things like your contracts. So that's what I've done since day one. And uh, it's worked out pretty well for me. And now let's go get the strap. Let's go! Yes. Where does all that where does that discipline come from? Is that from your, your wrestling background? I, I would assume that had a giant impact on you. And also, like, what are you walking around at normally at this time before a fight? Yeah, I mean, I think my wrestling background had a giant impact, as you said. But I mean, really, I, I was fortunate and blessed enough to be to be raised by a, a, a mother and a father who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps every single day. They, they preached personal accountability and doing things right. So truly it was ingrained in me from a young age. And then wrestling just took it to the next level. You have to, you have to do things right if you want to be successful in the spark, sport of wrestling. Um, outside of training camps, I'm in the mid-180s. I, I touched 191 uh, this last, outside this last training camp. And then now I just weighed out at 171 uh, today after practice. So – you know, lost about 20 pounds, and then these next 15 pounds or so are going to be a little bit of, you know, a lot of bit of diet, a lot of working out, and a lot of sweating, sweating out that last couple pounds of water, which is always the, the toughest part, but it's also part of the job. At this point, I've probably made weight 600 times, so, um, you know, now I just got to keep on doing it. Okay, so you mentioned fasting there. 
you know, I'm intermittent fasting right now. Uh, no big deal. Yeah, down 20, 25 pounds or whatever. What in in what I've learned intermittent fasting is uh, you just don't eat. That's what I've. <laughs> by the way, my 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 body has transformed. When you just don't eat for yeah. like a month, basically, it's amazing what your body can do. And that's by the way. Not healthy, but I do like the, the, the way it is termed as intermittent fasting. Like, oh, I intermittent fast. It's like, oh, so you you don't eat, basically. Yeah, that's what I'm currently doing. Is that what your diet is? Because I would assume you, you know, you got lightning in both hands, I believe, is what you told us the last time you were in there. I would assume you can't just do what I'm doing where because you still got to train, I assume, for the next week. Like, how do you balance losing an immense amount of weight that probably – you know, restricts the amount you could eat while also maintaining a cardio level and everything. Like, like, how do you, how will you balance that going forward? What will the diet look like? It's a great question, actually, because it, it really is a delicate dance. There's that fine line between not eating enough and then you're energy deprived and then eating too much to where you're a little bit heavy. But truthfully, if you really put water in one hand and the food that you eat in the other, the water is much, much, much heavier. A gallon of water is eight pounds. I'm drinking probably two gallons of water a day mm. and leading up to fight week in fight week, I'm doing a, a water load where I'm going over two gallons, dropping it down to two gallons at a gallon and a half. So if you really look at three gallons of water is uh, 24 pounds, you know, so that water is extremely heavy, but you're also teaching your body that you are full of water. Therefore it's trying to push it out through urine as well as sweating. And you just ah. start sweating as you walk down again. Yeah. But you, you mentioned intermittent fasting. Um, I actually do that as well. I don't, I don't eat breakfast. So I'll wake up in the morning and I'll drink my coffee. So I'm not truly doing a real fast cause I do little, put a little bit of non-dairy creamer and some coconut oil in my coffee in the morning. Oh, what, so a <laughs> what a lack of discipline. What a lack of discipline. I know. Uh, and then, uh, and then I don't eat my first meal until just now, about an hour ago at you know 12.30 or so after my first training session, then a snack in between, and then one more training session, and then another meal. So right in that fine line between calorie deficit, pretty much for eight weeks, I'm, I'm operating at a calorie deficit where I'm eating just enough to have enough energy, enough good sources of uh, fats, mainly carbs and proteins, so my body doesn't break down and I still have the power of cardio. But then also towards the end of training camp, just eating small enough meals to where um, I'm shredding the fat, and then at the end I can push out the water. Oh, you do like uh, a fitness Instagram thing? Like, do you have Mike Chandler MMA Fit at the end of that thing too? You just broke down an entire diet that I assume I could use and become a shredded human being. I've been doing it. I've been doing it for a little while, but actually, to your point, I don't mean to point fingers at the human society, the the humans on this earth, but we eat way too much, especially America. We I eat agree. way too much. I agree. Like, all, much, of you know? all of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> all of y'all. All of y'all. Okay. No fingers pointing back. Uh, humans. At this point, no, no. you humans. No. At this point, are, you're, you're right though. With with how much I'm fasting, like by the, with how much I'm fasting, I at this point where I'm at, I'm thinking about what I had would eat in the past. I'm like, I don't know how my body was keeping up with getting rid of all this shit. I mean, it knows. It's very fascinating though to hear somebody that has to you know, plan their body out basically as a massive part of their profession, you know, like weight, making weight, how you carry your weight, what type of weight is a vital part of being a fighter. Are you just eating like kale and grilled chicken right now? Like that's just, is that what meal you just got done with right there? Uh, yeah. So I pretty much eat the exact same thing for 10 weeks straight and it's a protein <laughs> mixed with a vegetable mixed with a little bit of carb. So my protein is either grilled chicken 
bison or ground turkey. And then I throw in some salmon in there once, once a week. And then I'm mixing it with Brussels sprouts and broccoli. And then I usually have six ounces of sweet potato the first two, three weeks of training camp just to get my body acclimated. And then I start pulling out that sweet potato more and more. Hey! And my last, my last 10 meals, I haven't had any carbs or any sweet potato. Listen, let's fucking get the belt, okay? Yeah! We are committing too much. Your taste buds are miserable. Your body is battling. Let's go get this fucking thing. Oh. Are you excited? Hey. Yeah, my taste buds are absolutely miserable. But you gotta hitch you gotta hitch your goals to the things that you need to do. You gotta do what you need to do, not what you wanna do. What I wanna do is go eat a pizza. But what I need to do is keep eating my meals that I've been eating for the last ten weeks. Yeah, because United States needs a lightweight champion. What do you have, Connor? Yeah, Michael, after you know you do become the champion on Saturday night, you know, Pat mentioned you have lightning in your fists. There's kind of this resurgence with boxing. Have you thought about, you know, one of those pay per views as a possibility in the future or are you just UFC forever? Um, I haven't. I mean, obviously, man, business is business. If it makes money, it makes sense. But um, you know, as an athlete you know, the, the great the great thing and the interesting thing about sports as as we move into 2021 and now moving forward, you're always looking at yourself as an athlete, as well as a businessman, as well as ways to make money um, as an athlete. Being UFC champion is the epitome of athletic accomplishments inside mixed martial arts. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do as an athlete. Um, if any of those opportunities come along, I happen to run into Jake Paul or one of his cronies. Uh, you know, who knows what may happen, but being an athlete, being being a high level mixed martial artist and the world champion in the UFC is goal number one. Uh, let us attain that first and then then we can entertain other things after that. But there's a lot of those opportunities that will come about after the sport when after I'm done and retired from the sport of mixed martial arts. So um, we'll see. But. We'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You Pat, know, maybe, maybe me and Pat will get in there. We'll no, no. Get ready. Get ready. I'm in the Oculus. I'm in the Oculus. I'm just thinking about this whole thing. I was thinking, you know, what's the game plan going in next week? I mean, you obviously can't give everything away because I assume old Charles uh, Oliveira, uh, Ol, Ol, Oliveira, Charles Oliveira, Ol, Oliveira. So I assume Charles has been preparing for you. Do you have to do self-scout to see how they're preparing? And does that adjust your plan? Or are you like, hey, this is what I do. If I do it, uh, uh, nameless, faceless opponents is if I do me the best I can. Shout out Chuck Pagano. If I do me the best I can, I'm going to beat anybody. Or is there like a full strategy for each, uh, each different opponent like Bill Belichick does weekly? Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, it's it's a guy who's my same weight class with two arms and two legs who I've competed against now 27 times in mixed martial arts and a thousand times in wrestling. Hand-to-hand combat, I've been doing it for now for 21 years. So the basics don't really change. My strengths, my attributes, and some of my weaknesses, I can't change. I can constantly work on them and get better. But we know what Charles Oliveira brings to the table. He's on, a, he's on an eight-fight win streak. He's got the most submission wins in ufc history so he's dangerous on the ground he's dangerous in grappling and jujitsu exchanges um but i believe my wrestling background and my sixth sense that i have in those grappling exchanges is going to keep me out and thwart all thwart all of those attacks um so get in his face early um make him make him second guess why he stepped inside the octagon with me right away get him backing up go to the head go to the body go high go low keep him guessing smoke and mirrors and then uh knock him out in the first let's go hey you made a mistake getting here with me pal that's right 
That's the plan. Pow! I love that. Go ahead, AJ. You, you mentioned knocking them out in the first. I've seen uh, where you said you think you can wear them out. You can make them wilt. Can you do all of that in the first round? Uh, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, like, you know, obviously speaking to, to athletes like you got, like yourself, a lot of times cardio has nothing to do with your preparation. It has everything to do with your mind, everything to do with your heart rate, the everything moment. to do with what's going on inside your body. Yeah. So um, a couple different exchanges, a little bit of self-doubt, a little bit of disbelief plummets the cardio really quickly. So um, that's part of the that's part of the mental warfare that will will in turn pay dividends in the physical realm. Um, but yeah, I also believe, I mean, I, I've been in championship fights half of my career. It seems like I fought 25 minutes multiple times. Charles Oliveira has never done long that. Time. So it's I know I can put time. myself to the, deep Hey, that's a whole, the Hey, that's a whole episode of young rock, dude. Damn. That's an entire 25 minutes is an entire episode of young rock. All right. I take a trip to rock in Hawaii with his grandma. I take a trip to him in, at the U in Miami. I see him as a presidential candidate in 2032 in about 25 minutes. You have to fight, grapple, and fend for yourself for 20. That's insane. And the fact that you just said cardio is mostly mental, I can understand that because like the moment can become too big for people. You start overthinking what your heart rate changes everything. 25 minutes is a long fucking time. How do you do? Bike, run, you, you on that Peloton like Russell Wilson? <laughs> the mask uh honestly i mean i do i, I do a little act a little bit of actual cardio training jo jogging um here and there but for the most part honestly every single thing that we do is cardio based you know our drills are extremely hard and you're pushing your cardio our sparring is obviously extremely Practices hard you're pushing your cardio wrestling grappling strength and conditioning our strength and conditioning is de de designed to be able to push hard for 45 minutes to an hour not not heavy lifting not um not taking a ton of time between sets we want to be constantly working so essentially every single thing that i do as i train for a fight i'm pushing my cardio every day so it's not like i need to go do 10 mile runs or a ton of bikes however you know going back to the weight cutting obviously shredding the fat um, that little bit of extra fat towards the end of training camp i run about 25 to 30 minutes um, every other day, right after practice, just to just to keep the keep the sweat going, just to keep the the cardio base high, and then shred a little bit of fat to to help cut the weight. Is that a chandelier behind you? By the way, you're doing well. You live you live wow. good. Hey, good. Wait till you well, get to champ. Yeah, that was imported. That was imported from Italy. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a big chandelier guy. You know, you know, your buddy's a big hockey guy. Yeah. I'm a big chandelier big guy. guy. Big hockey guy over oh, here. Uh, is that your merch? Is this somebody else's merch right there? Oh, this is my merch. See you at the top. Hey, motherfucker! See you at the, the top, top next week. Um, hey, for the brand, I did it for the brand. You hey, know, hey, build that <laughs> brand over there. You're about to be champion of the goddamn UFC, pal. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, your next lightweight champion as of next weekend. Good luck with the weight cut. We appreciate you. You're awesome. Go buy some of his merch. See you at the top. Can't wait to see it. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Chandler. Yeah, Michael! Thank you, dude. Woo! He's going to be champ. Yeah, he's been fighting yeah. for so long. Yeah, a thousand hand-to-hand -hand combats, he said, <laughs> wrestling, and 27 fights or whatever. He's just, as he describes, like, oh, he's arms and legs out there. 25 minutes is no joke. Yeah, that's a, long, a minute is a long time fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 25? Yeah. I like watching the... Um, the amateur boxing, you know, whether it was the Golden Gloves back in the day. What what was Butterbean a part of? Um, uh, some, you know, some some boxing. Uh, just the amateur boxing, rough and rowdy now. 
people get so tired. Like 30 <laughs> seconds in of just throw, yep. and then you're like, oh, and I think it is the moment. Like, yeah. I think it is like, okay, there's a crowd here. People are potentially going to see me. So your heart starts racing, which immediately, which when you're training cardio, by the way, you're trying to get your heart rate up because whenever your heart rate's up, that's when everything's happening the best. So it's like, or, or the most. So as soon as their heart gets up there, they think they're going to lose. They've <laughs> thrown 10 punches. They're gassed. It is. That's when magic starts to happen. And UFC, I think that happens as well. I think that's something that happens yeah. in mixed martial arts to even the best of them. You know how, how scary it would be? Like, so I, I would assume you guys have been in, to the point of exhaustion, like in a practice or a game where there's something, there's, there's a point you get to where you're so yeah. tired, you can't move, and your brain tells you, like, I don't care, whatever. Whatever happens, <laughs> happens, man. Yes. Like, you, do, you just shut down, like, this is it. Okay, cool. Touchdown. Go, go run, buddy. I can't even think. I'm so tired. Like, you have to talk yourself out of that when your brain does it. But imagine being in a fight and being like 45 seconds in, and that you have that level of exhaustion. And you're like, okay. I've been training what Fucking four months training camp. Haven't eaten a carb. Haven't eaten sugar, and I gotta find a way to, to make go five rounds and try to knock this dude out. Just fucking knock me out, dude. <laughs> just, I mean, just, to, to, to your point there, I've never felt that obviously in a football game. I'm sure you both have on the defensive side. Whenever you guys are potentially getting run off of the field or whatever, which does happen, I guess every once in a while. It not, maybe it didn't happen to either of you. I'm not 100 sure. I don't want to say that. But whenever we had strength and conditioning uh, in the summer with Mike Barwis at West Virginia. The summer runs were some of the worst things I've ever encountered in my life. I, mm. If I were to list them off right now, I don't think I could do them all in a week. We were doing them at West Virginia, and that was a massive part of us, by the way. Our team was faster, stronger than everybody else, and it's all because we died nearly. There have been moments where I was like, yeah, fucking kill me. Like, I'm and okay. you're scared, too. I'm okay dying. Hey. Like, I'm okay. Aren't, Just aren't, fucking kill me, dude. Those runs, too, aren't you? Aren't you oh, going like, in. Every player is, like, terrified the night before. Like, all right, what do we run? Okay, man, I heard it's 26. No, I heard it's 22. Oh, I don't know. And then yeah. everyone's talking in the locker room. And oh. then you go out there and you just die for an hour and a half. And if you're in the morning group, you literally are going in there complete blind. I had, I had to be in the morning group. Because uh, it's too because hot in the afternoon. if you're in the second one, then you're hearing about it. Oh, man, we ran 20. We ran 40. And then you think about that shit for another three hours. So I just go in there first, get it out the way. I hated the guys. But how many more we got left? Can't do that, just, by the way. We, we, we could bro. not. That could not happen. Oh, yeah, my God. Bar was... Yeah. Barwis was oh, a fucking maniac. It was unbelievable. That if you ask how many, it, you ask how many I've left, they'd triple it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then, then, but you're right. That moment of just like, you're looking, there is a, the clear things are on the side of the thing. And I'm just like, don't even do that. If this happens, just let me, like, don't even, don't even do it. I would assume in the ring, in the cage, whenever that starts to happen, you get to a point where you're like, Come on, man. Just fucking do it. Just, you know, I, I'm, I'm throwing things. But that's probably uh, not how Michael Chandler lives his life. That's why he's going to be champion. We watched a fight last night. Usman's brother got beat by a army general. Sales beat uh, Usman's younger brother, I yep. believe, in the professional fighting league, which was also on ESPN last night. We watched some fights. That was a good fight, by the way. They were landing. Oh, yeah. They were land. These, these not so... There was a lot of landed hits last night in these fights. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, bombs, I think there's as many. I think yeah. there isn't as many good dodging situations potentially at these lower levels yet. All offense. Yeah, there was a lot of throwing there. It got see pretty... the girl. You see, uh, what Kayla? Um, forgetting her last name. She won again. She's she is good, man. So is, you move up the ranks like Dana sees that, and he's like, "All right, come on up." And does she take well, the title with her? That would be hilarious. Classic. PFL. I mean, 
uh, Chandler fought Bellator for the longest time until he just joined the UFC, basically. Yeah, so. last time he talked to us, he said he always wanted to get to UFC because UFC is the pinnacle. Even when he was at Bellator, he said, I ran Bellator, basically, and now I want to get up there. It's, I'm happy he comes on the show, man. He seems pretty awesome, like a pretty awesome guy. Really? He seemed really... I wanted to ask him next time we have him, I will, like, how does he worry about brain damage or anything because he's so professional he speaks so clearly he's he seems to be so squared away i'm like have you just not i know he's taken some damage but the dude is he's impressive why well, he likes chandeliers too he wants to live that good life after he wins big and chandelier guy i love that he's a big <laughs> chandelier guy hey everybody's got their things i love it whatever drives you to go do whatever you got to do he's definitely gonna box too at some point let's go to tim in ohio what's going on tim hey man how's it going hey not too shabby how are you Hey, shout out, first of all. Shout out. All right, second of all, I got a take. And I think the insider to the insider was really focusing in on Ferd Ferguson. All right? Mm -hmm. Hear me out. Famous fecal reference. Cleveland Steamers. Famous fecal reference. Taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Famous fecal reference. Is Turn Ferguson going to take the Browns to the Super Bowl? That's a great question. Whoa. Could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers did go to Cleveland and they won a Super Bowl the next year? He'd be a fucking king in, what, Northeast Ohio, Northwest Ohio? Northeast. Northeast Ohio. He'd be a king over there in Cleveland if he was to do that. I don't know now at this point what to believe on whether or not Aaron's going to be a Packer or not. Honestly, until you say it, I have no idea what's going to happen. So whenever that moment can come, I would appreciate that. I think Packers fans would as well. Hey, I would appreciate it, too. Whenever I have any idea of what's going to happen, I'll let you know, Pat. Don't let me know. Let the people know, dude. Yeah. I don't deserve it. Hey, what it. if he does? Hey, what if he goes to Cleveland and all of a sudden, like, in the, before the first game on NBC on Sunday night, they replay this caller's Cleveland Steamer comment? <laughs> Tim in Ohio had this on May 7th. Before he said anyone. this was – there were signs. definitely win the Super Bowl. There were signs the along the way. Okay, he goes to Cleveland 100%. Browns. 100% Super Bowl champions? Oh, yeah. Darius Butler put it on the right. Why is wow. that – I mean, that team, shit, all they need is yeah. Baker to play better. Honestly, they got a chance this year. Baker played yep. great at the end of the year. They won a playoff game, obviously. If he can continue to grow in Stefanski's offense with yeah. OBJ coming back as well. <sighs> Miles Garrett's posting videos of whatever the hell he is doing in the gym. He, he looks like Jadavion Clowney's over there. The defense is good. It feels like that team has been built rather well by Andrew Barry yeah. over there. And if you get a Mount Rushmore quarterback. Look at Call it. Dude, they got. Ooh, they got Chubb and Hunt in the back, too. Mm-hmm. They got a good Ridiculous. offensive, great offensive line. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. is back. Austin Hooper at tight end. Uh, Shot and, Higgins and, was a really good third. They went and drafted Schwartz, too, out of Auburn. Four, four, two, four, three guys. More speed out there. Oh, yeah, that's the Flash guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he came after us. This is a guy that was pissed off we didn't put him on our four-by-one team for the Olympic thing we put together. The NFL, the country of the NFL. He was not happy we didn't put him on there. Uh, I didn't know he existed. He's got to earn it. He's got to earn his stripes. Well, you also watch film on the college guys strictly because of the PFF thing. I didn't know that guy existed. Nope. I'm fucking pumped. He's in the NFL, though. He's very fast. I'm excited to see that guy make some plays. I think he's from the crib, too. Gotta look him up. Shout out Schwartz. Hey, you, South Florida, you think, has all the fast guys? Where's Tyreek Hill from? He's from Florida. But he went to high school in Georgia, I think. Oh, oh. so. Uh-oh. But he's a Florida guy. Nah. He's a Silver What you say, AJ? I said still very fast in Georgia as well. Yes, agreed. Georgia's got speed. South has speed, dude. When it's hot all year round, it's a whole game changer. Yep. You know, like whenever the cold sports are turning, you know, when people put on the rollerblades and ice skates, you know what's going down in the South? 
they're fucking sprinting still. They're just running. The amount of reps that are taking place in the winter months in the South are multiplying every year that passes with the Four Season Cities. That's just a real-life thing. It's been a rather, you know, active week in our particular world. Uh, fresh off the draft of last week, and then obviously the Aaron Rodgers news is following in there, so our show's active in there. And, you know, there's just a lot going on. Join us now at Darius J. Butler. No. Yes, sir. Is it still at Darius J. Butler? Yep. Twitter, IG. Who's, who's Darius? Does somebody have Darius Butler? Uh, I think so when I, when I changed it because it was Darius, but I had my number in it early, early in my career, and I just said, let me just drop it. Darius J. Butler. Yeah. Hey, by the way, very powerful move to have the middle initial. Yeah. Like that's a yeah. – is that how we should be addressing? Do you think that is how I should – is that your brand? No, nah, that's cool. That's cool. Darius – Darius Butler's fine. It's not too many Darius Butler's out there. No, well – I don't know any other ones, but I only know one, Darius J. Butler, and he also happens right. to be a nine-year NFL vet, host of the Man to Man podcast and everything DB. We appreciate the hell out of you joining us here at Boston Connors here. AJ Hawk is here. The boys are back in Indianapolis. In hour three, I think the first thing we should talk about is Paris Campbell is electing to use the number one for the Indianapolis Colts going forward. Congrats to him. Yeah, Paris. Paris is an explosive player. Hey, he's been injured a little bit, obviously, here to start his career. But if he gets the ball, he's healthy, he's electrifying. That number one from the Indianapolis Colts is going to look beautiful out there. I'm excited about this. Is there going to be a lot of number changes? Everybody's wondering. Darius, you said early on in this process that the single-digit number rule being able to be opened up for more people, mm-hmm. uh, aside from offensive alignment and defense alignment, it's going to get opened up, though. You said punters and kickers are going to start losing their number. If I was still on the team right now, Paris Campbell tells me to get out of the fucking number one. I'm probably going to have to get out of the number fucking one if I No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to that shit. But I am pumped. That T.Y. T.Y. say, you know, I want to go back to Carson. Carson, by the way, comes in. Carson Wentz comes into the team. Hey, Pat, I'm thinking about number one. It's like, all right, you're the fucking quarterback. All right, yeah. you do what you got to do, I guess. I mean, I hope you play like you played a couple years ago, of course, obviously. But Unless like. you're fucking Michael Pittman, who had, you know. Danced on his grave. <laughs> Come on, dude. It's yeah. your quarterback, <laughs> yeah, man. That's, that's fascinating. A lot to learn. Fascinating. But he's, I, from what I've been told, he is, if he can be healthy as well, very good. Yeah. Paris, uh, Paris Campbell wearing the number one. He's allegedly very, very good whenever he gets going. T.Y.'s back. Carson Wentz is maybe back. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. A.J., maybe the Colts go win the Super Bowl, huh? Oh. Maybe the Colts go win the Super Bowl, especially with him wearing number one. Now that number one's back out there, people haven't talked about this. There's been zero Super Bowl appearances since there's been no number uh, one uh, on that wow. on the field there for the Colts. People forget about that. This could be the thing that turns them all around, A.J. Hawk. Hey, it's a good thing that you reminded people about that. That's a big stat. I think people have been overlooking. Everybody else is saying it. On t- it wasn't me. It was, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm observing report. Other people are saying that. Well, thank you for, for relaying the message. But are you, are you coming out here and talking about this because you're upset Paris didn't give you a call to ask you if it was all right if he wore number one? No, no, no. I actually said, like, I thought there was a chance that old um, um, Pittman was going to go to one. When Carson, like, I actually thought that when Carson came, I the natural thing was like, okay, Pittman's going to give, <laughs> okay, and that, Pittman's going to give him number 11. We, we just, I just assumed that that was going to happen, and, and I was wrong, obviously. That did not happen. And I was like, oh, Pittman's probably going to go to one. And then I had to, like, think to myself, like, he is flashy. Like, that number one would look great. It would be great to see it back out there. So I've already come to the very much understanding that the number one is a great number to wear, and the Colts one is there. But with that being said, 
Let's hope Paris has his best year yet. Yeah. Where were you on Jer- you? You were top yeah, Jersey yeah, sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going. We were Let's... moving. We were moving product, and at the same, I was yeah. I was on the Dick's uh, top Jersey selling list. Yeah. I think I was the first punter or kicker to ever make its way onto that weekly sell or whatever. And then that weekend. Um, a guy climbed up the stairs or something and uh, picked up a, a backpack and uh, wrote a tweet or something like that. And he got honored at halftime with a number one jersey with his last name on it. And uh, it was a big celebration. The guy took a shit in a porta potty and he got a. Uh, that's what the culture doing. The culture is handing out ones to all these people, right? <laughs> that I was like, if they did something, can we at least do it? Yeah. And I feel like my jersey is selling right now. I feel like we. Could. So I got a little bit bitter about that. And then an Olympian came in. I'm like, man, that's cool. Olympian's cool. Hey, you wait, what you number? Do. But what number are you supposed to give him? They give him number one because just hey, you're number one. It's for you. Yeah, the figure person. the fuck out, dude. That ain't on me. So, give him, okay, let's give him number seven. They'll be like, hey, what's the meaning behind seven? Give him big zero, dude. I don't care. There you what, go. Double zero. Right. Yeah, give him a... There you go. Yeah, give him two ones. They're, hey, look at you. You're worth two number ones or, or something. <laughs> but it was just like number... It was just like... I was like, God damn, this place. And then it was just... They had that, though, before I got here. So I kind of interrupted their whole thing. And I learned that later. But it was just one of those things where I did once have some feelings towards my name on the number one. Uh, but those have since passed long, long ago. Like, hey, listen, that shit does not matter at all, at all. But I am pumped that guys are going to potentially look dope out there because the number one looks awesome. The number two looks awesome yeah. if it's on, like, a linebackers. Like, there's there's some really cool-looking things as a fan. But Tom Brady hates it, so I hate it. In a few years, it's going to be just like Little League, Little League football. When you showed up to the park and you saw the guys who had those single digits were usually the dogs. And it's going to be the same way in the league now. Defensive lineman in college, single digit. It's like, okay, that guy probably a running back back in the day. Now he's put on some weight, and he's still just as athletic and big and can hurt you. Like, that is – it is a good way to just automatically go, oh, I remember what you – I just found out what you used to be able to do. Yep. Now you're in a whole different position. It is – Tom Brady hates it. Hates it. Tom Brady hates it, AJ. Have any D linemen committed to wearing a single digit yet? I don't think they're allowed. Tom circled them. I think oh, they can't. Yeah, it's the uh, outside linebackers. I wonder why he hates it though. Just calling out the mic. Now he doesn't say Mike fifty. Now Mike, you know Mike seventeen. Oh, you just think Tom Brady's overreacting to this? Get out of here, Darius. Twenty-one years. I mean, come on, Tom. I mean, he, did he complain when it, when it first came out, or after it actually changed? As it got passed, he yeah. screenshotted five, six times. Said, "This is dumb." Circled things. This is stupid. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? He's not happy about it because he said it's going to hurt. Uh, he said it's going to create some bad football because you're not going to be able to break down defense as well. Which Darius can identify sense. him? Yeah, can identify, identify at the line of scrimmage. I guess what position this guy is. Who's who? So defense has to do that, right? When Taysom Hill jogs on the field, you have no idea what position he's playing. Yeah. So that is like kind of an advantage that awesome offenses have, and defense have always had to react to the uh, offense. But in this one, I think Tom Brady's like, well, it's going to be tough for us to identify what who is potentially on the field and what's on the field. So it'd be all right, Tom. Tom will figure it out. Yeah, Tom's, not, right. Tom's not talking about for Tom, by the way. Tom's talking for the for quarterbacks the younger than him. In the future. The future quarterbacks. Tom doesn't give a fuck Tom, about those guys. Yeah, he does. Whoa. Tom doesn't give a fuck. Tom, he texted Trask already. Yeah, he already texted Trask and said, welcome to Tampa. Let's start throwing. Let's start throwing, dude. Yeah, we'll see. Urban Meyer bought a house right next door to Tim Tebow in Jacksonville. It nice. is beautiful. It's a beautiful home. It's only $2.15 million. I assume there's a lot more people looking into potentially Jacksonville real estate now. Uh, big house, two point five or one five. Yeah. Right next to Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is your starting tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars next year. Go ahead. Everybody needs to celebrate that, including us as football fans. Tim Tebow's back, baby. He's back. Hey, I just want whoever the neighbors are in the area, please keep your eyes peeled and 
get a little bit of footage. If we see Urban playing quarterback, he played minor league baseball, so he can sling it. And Timmy's just running routes in Urban's backfield. Oh, <laughs> if they're playing catch, tampering? you think they're playing catch like father son, or you think they're like or Urban's working them out? You think? I think Urban's coaching them up. You know, coaches always he's coach. That's all they do, man. Like he's, he's telling them how to hey read the inside leverage. This is what you need to break out here. Like he's teaching them all the little things that you need to know. You need to cut like fast, a little bit harder. Okay, get those. That's why they change. That's why they change the rules for old Tebow, so he can play tight end with fifteen on. Ah, uh, see NFL. You got slick. Good business. I saw it. Um, the network's got a chance to run some old Tebow highlights and have some old top top, top five Tebow moments. It was nice for them, I, I assume, to drop back in the nostalgia pool. That used to be ESPN every day, all day, yeah. Tim Tebow time. Tebow time all the time. It was unbelievable. And he still has remained incredibly humble, yep. right? Yep. Incredibly nice. Same guy. He's cheersing and blessing everybody still to this day. Darius and that's who he is. That's who he is. Got to respect it. All the time. All have, the time. Have you ever met him? I've never met him. I Played against some- him? Played against him, yeah. How was Never that? Interesting. Go it on. A, it was interesting. I mean, it's just different. He just wasn't a <laughs> wasn't a prototypical NFL quarterback. Why, why is that? You think you just because the fear of the run and the whole thing? Like, I mean, obviously guy. that, but like you know, you cover a guy and what is typically good position for a DB to be in is not good position with Tebow throwing the ball. Because? Wow. You got no idea where it's going. And neither no is. clue. <laughs> no, no clue. Put me in zone, coach. Put me in zone. Let me read this guy, and hope, hopefully I don't, I don't end up one-on-one with him in the open field. But, hey, Tim uh, Tebow. One of the, great human, though. Arguably greatest college football player of all time. I mean, That's be, an argument. An argument. Arguably. Like, he is in. There is people that argue for him. I'm not saying he is. Okay, I think Pat White was. Okay, personally, that's what I think. And he's not in the discussion. <laughs> you won't get an argument here. Yeah, Darius had to play. <laughs> former Darius, Big East defender, you would not get an argument here. Darius had to play against him. But there, there is a Sheesh. that is a contentious, obviously, conversation about who is the best of all time. It's tough to judge or whatever. Tebow's top two or three. Tebow's, Tebow's in the conversation, though, forever. That transition to the NFL, I remember the draft cycle conversation because it was the same year, you know, uh, roughly same year, I think. Uh, he might have been a year earlier than me, maybe a year after, maybe same year. I'm not 100% sure. We were all same time at college, though, because I saw him mm-hmm. just getting talked about all the time. All they were saying is he was working with a new quarterback coach. Remember, he was changing <laughs> oh, yeah. his he changed his throw motion, and there was a lot of people that were like, that's not a good, that's not good. That's not, that if he's you can't, the, you can't change your motion all of a sudden. When you're 21 years old. Yes. So I think he was potentially set up to fail when he got in the NFL. But, boy, there had to be – and maybe it's because his skill was nowhere near the level it has to be to be an NFL quarterback, which is damn near impossible at this point. But, man, there was those throws that were happening that they would show – and they were what eight to ten yards off. Like somehow it was like eight to ten yards off, and they were like Tim's kind of settling in, you know, to his new throw motion or whatever. And he does have some obvious dimes and does have some big plays in the NFL. But it was a playoff throw. It was hey that hey on Ike and winner on Ike our friend. And why of the show. did they match up? D but do you know why did Pittsburgh match up there? Why weren't they? Why didn't they have eyes on the quarterback? I mean, some, some it depends on the coordinator. Some coordinators have the mindset of, hey, we're just going to keep tight coverage and force them to make accurate throws. And then, obviously, he's a running threat, so you want to put more guys in the box or watch him as a runner. But, um, you know, I would, if I'm playing against him, I would keep him in the pocket and keep zone eyes because we're going to have some, some Who's tips, that? some overthrows. That's Dick LeBeau, right? Gonna have some uh, for that was a pit, yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah. LeBeau, right? And uh, Diggs might be on there. I'm not 100% sure if he is. Diggs LeBeau was, hey, we're. 
we're coming. Like, they were attacking defense, weren't they, AJ? I think everybody got He's a legend. Yeah. Dick LeBeau oh, yeah. is an absolute legend. For yeah. sure. It was, it was Blitzberg at that time, yes. Yeah, Blitzberg. So they kind of had to be out there almost. Yeah. I kind of had to be out there with the way they that were. Was not, that was not Tebow. That was Demarius Thomas. Tebow didn't do anything. Eh? Oh. <laughs> right on the numbers. Do you see the face that just said that? Like, the cowboy hat, the 412 <laughs> hoodie. This obvious I mean, when, fan. When, you, when you sit in this cheap accountant's stupid chair and you put these stupid <laughs> sunglasses on you have to say stupid things he is sitting in connor's chair for those that are wondering what just happened there uh shot to ty schmidt out there gumpy hey gumpy ticker's doing pretty well today pal huh it's good ticker a little bit of a mix up on third question but we got it back up where are we so we're three questions into this thing we're four i just snuck four up there a minute ago oh i did not see it see that was something that uh Mm. i was worried about because there is a ticker here but i in the conversations, it's just hard not to get lost in them or whatever, obviously. Uh, the fourth question, that was a hard one, wasn't it? <sighs> Brain scratcher, my friend. Hey, that was a hard one. There's a couple different answers yeah, that, that people are probably going to go to. But it's, there is an obvious answer to this, AJ. There's an obvious answer to question number what is it? Can we hear the question? Can you say it? No, well, dude. No, no, no. you trying to ruin the game? To get off the herd, AJ. AJ. I can't <laughs> see the ticker. It's not True. a secret question. It's going on the ticker, but I don't have a feed of the ticker. Yeah, but the questions go one time, and then they're gone. So you had Whoa. to be here. Okay. okay. Did you get your blazing five today, dude? <laughs> Did you? Well, I didn't hear. I couldn't hear him. It was, it He's was talking about you being on Coward Show, I think. Oh, yeah. I gave everything I had there with Colin. I don't have anything left. <sighs> of course you did. Did you really? Like, did you really? What did you tell him? No. Did you ever figure out like why someone thought I was going? Was I think it was potentially just Billy Lyon. It yeah, did make the ticker though, but yeah, that well, is not how you spell. AJ Paris Cone. Oh, no. AJ's oh, also just naturally a huge prick, so I'm sure that's where people picked up when he was on the herd. All right, let's get Fair some enough. phones. Uh, what I heard was he was just deflecting the whole time. He was a big deflector. Why are you doing yeah. that? Was he putting what? you on the spot? Is he? Z, come on, man. That's I'm always here defending you. Saying... You know you're lying to them right to their face. All right, let's go to Will in Florida. <laughs> Will, what's going on, pal? Hey, Pat. Hey, boys. Uh, big shout-outs. Happy Feel Good Friday. Hey, shout-out. Um, I just wanted to see, uh, see how you thought about the Steelers taking a, a punter in the seventh round. I mean, this kid is an absolute unit. 260 pounds, cannon of a leg. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I love Presley Harvin. I like the fact that there's excitement around him as well. I assume that he will... His body will change, okay? I assume as he gets into the NFL, as he gets older. But he has an absolute cannon, moves and throws weight around in the weight room. Why does his body need to change, though? Because, so, like, your knees, hips, like, for me, now, he might be different than me, I would assume, but I was always a little bit large. I was, like, 260 sometimes, 250 sometimes while playing. So it's like I, I was a little bit heavier. Your joints, the knees, the ankles, the hips, like it, it just – I think it will at some point. But it, it, right now it's helping him. I, I think it's helping him bomb balls. But I think as you get older – I mean, you saw it with like LeBron. LeBron was a much thicker body than as he got older. I think your body tells you to do different things. So best-case scenario, Presley Harvin – the second or the third, I think the third, in my eyes, he's going to last long enough where he's probably going to have to. I think he is going to make it. I think he is going to stick. He has a massive leg. He's over there with Danny and Tomlin and everybody. They've been looking for a punter for a long time. They brought in Dustin Colquitt last year because Jordan Berry, who is an Aussie, has a absolute cannon, maybe the biggest leg I've ever seen live in warm-ups. I saw him hit a ball, and I said, holy fuck. And then in games, he's like – 
40% to 60% most weeks where it's like one one's good, one's bad, one's good, one's bad. I think Steelers fans have seen that. I understand why he has been kept around, though, because with how big of a fucking ball he hits, it's easy to be like, oh, let's sign that guy. And then you just hope that he gets there. I hope he gets consistent. I hope Jordan Barry ends up in a spot that isn't the AFC North, which is a very windy place, which if you are an inconsistent punter, that could potentially affect you even more. But I like Presley a lot to the Steelers with that being said. And he can sling the rock and hopefully Tomlin, you know, will play a little bit. What, with. what, what leads to that inconsistency as a punter? Because so, obviously as a DB, you're yeah. guarding guys and, yeah. you know, some, they're just batting them down. So Such like, a drop. They drop, like actually dropping the football. Yeah, it's your, it's your hands. It, it's everything but the swing, basically. Mm-hmm. That's it. Hey, if he doesn't, and if he can bomb it in practice all the time, it also has to be some kind of confidence slash Gotta pressure be. situation, too. Yeah, but I don't know how he is in practice. You know, I, I've never but seen. But you said you've seen him bomb the ball, like, a gigantic ball in warm-ups. Warm-ups. So he can do it. Like he's, it's, he's yeah. capable of doing it. He yeah, he's capable. a little yippy. By the way, the difference, quarter. yeah, and it does seem like in some big moments there's a chance yeah. that he hits a bad ball, but the difference between good and great in anything is consistency, right? There's a lot of people that can hit massive balls, but can you do it like every single time? That's what the NFL is. The yeah. NFL, aside from Jordan Barry, right, who I think he got a lot more leeway than most people would because of his A-ball being so fucking big you got to be consistent. And it, it, the fact that Jordan Berry was still there, I was almost very surprised with. I was hoping that he'd potentially be able to go somewhere else, maybe south, a little bit warmer, and see what he can do there because how big he is. But Presley Harvin hits a consistent ball, so I think he'll be able to stick through the entire thing. But mentally, man, it's all, it's all your reps. You know, it's all that shit. It's about having, like, the second best hands on the team, too. You know, that's something. Oh, can't have any drops. Can't have any drops. No drops. I had one drop. But I juked a guy, punted it. We got a penalty, had to move back five yards because everybody was down past the line of scrimmage because I had, to, I had to run around and punted it. And then the next punt, everybody was so tired because they covered the entire punt because I dropped it and I had to run around and punt re-kicks. it. And uh, re-kick is a swear word. Uh, uh, yeah. Brahman ran right down the middle and uh, tried to break my leg. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that happened. It was a tough couple uh, goes there, but made a play, had to get out of there. I think we won the game. That's all that matters. Uh, almost busted my leg in half. But, yeah, it's all consistency is the drop, I think, personally. But also mental. Now, it is a mental thing. you got to be able to go. But there's always people that can bomb balls. The Internet is filled with them, you know? The Internet is filled with guys. And everybody is supposed to go to the NFL. There's only 32 jobs. Everybody's supposed to go to the NFL. Everybody's supposed to go to the NFL. And it's like, I love the A-ball. Like, I love that person's A-ball right there. But how often is that ball coming? Like, that's what – I could go hit one ball. you got to place them, too. Yeah, you, you're – that. The direction, the control, everything. Like, I could go hit one ball in practice right now, and people would be like, oh, McAfee's coming back. I could go hit like a 4 8 to a 5 0 ball, and everybody put it on the air, and everybody's like, oh, he's coming back. And then I would get texts probably from people that have, like, hey, you coming back? Like, it looks like, hey, that ball was hanging. It's like, yeah, I can't fucking walk though right now. Like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't walk right now. And by the way, the next one was a 3 8 that you did not see. So it's like, you know, that, that whole thing, it's, it's a tough gig. Uh, and it, the turnover is quick because once you do get into a little bit of a uh, a yips, I believe is what Diggs said there, it is hard to get out because, man, once you start doubting yourself, I was too stupid to doubt myself, and I think people have seen that a lot. But. So true. That's a great thing. No, honestly, being naive to all of it is a huge benefit. You see that, I think, with golfers that don't overanalyze stuff too. Like if you just – no, here, yeah, I hit a bad shot. Okay, like it's gone. See ya. Man, I'm a bomb this next one. That's a DBs, by the way. That's you guys. Oh, I, I don't know you. how – that's all they ever say is like DBs can't can't take anything uh, too personal. They can't get too high, get too low. They got to be able to have amnesia, short term memory. And they say that about kickers and punters and golfers as well. But man, it would be hard. It'd be hard to get 
smoke, which is going to happen. People it's are going to get caught, especially with subs. And then the next play, you're supposed to line right back up and just be like, yeah, that didn't happen. That did- oh, my God, they scored on me again. Like, that is – that's a very fascinating mental game happening out there for you guys as well, right? you got to have – especially – and then on the pro level, shit, for most of us, that's the first time you fail or struggle. Honestly, high school, you dominate. College – you dominate. You may have a bad game here or there, but the NFL, that'll be the first time you can have, you know, two to three back-to-back bad practices, maybe two bad games. And I talk to young guys now, and they're like, dude, how do I deal with this? <laughs> you know, so that's the toughest part. But uh, you got to have that almost unrealistic sense of confidence playing at DB position. Quarterback, too. Shit, kickers. I mean, most Everybody. positions, honestly. Hey, the linebackers, too, I'd assume, right, AJ? Like, and you were number – hey, by the way, he got drafted five overall. Holy shit. Hey, he got f- – oh, Hey, OCBA. 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 Matt Stafford, whenever he went number one overall, I think he got more money than the entire city of Detroit had at that time. It was like $70 or something like that. Then Sam Bradford, I think, was the last one before the new CBA. AJ was in that last CBA, top five. He's making probably two number ones overall now in the new CBA what he signed for but AJ I'd assume when you got to the NFL that was there a little bit of like a oh a doubt did doubt ever creep in or or did you have the same thing that I think we had which is like okay you're gonna get doubt but let's not overthink this thing we're way too stupid to do that is that what you had to do yeah I think I was I was too naive and too stupid to think about like all the like what pressure would be has been put on me from coming in there and going in the lineup right away (laughs) yeah like I was anxious and, and somewhat nervous I guess like my first mini camp practice when all of a sudden I don't really know the defense at all and they throw me in with the ones I'm playing against Brett Favre like Donald <laughs> Driver I remember he, like one of my first OTAs he's like hey man you can't hit me 15 yards down the field like I was rerouting them out, out, outside the half 15 yards down the field like I did this in college man I don't care I'm, I'm gonna hey, try it again hey what is this not football? <laughs> is this not football? This is your first day. Is what he was is. laughing. He was awesome. He was laughing, running back to me. Donald has a huge smile. He's like, hey, man, like you can't do that. It's the NFL. Like, uh, oh, cool. How many cool. times do you think he has done that to linebackers through his entire career back in the day? The, hey, your friend Brett Favre, by the way, your guy. Oh, your okay. Guy. Hey, can you tell him to pay the money back to him? Come on. Can you tell <laughs> Wait, him what to happened pay? now? Oh, man, what happened now? Bro, tell him to pay back the Mississippi Welfare Fund. Okay? Oh, we're back to this still? He, he hasn't repaid 600000 of it. They paid it to him. What, does he owe it? Yeah, he <laughs> owes it does. back. They, they oh, came out and said, hey, hey, listen. And Brent said, I did not know it was coming from the Welfare Fund. I, honestly, I didn't. I thought we were playing catch. Okay, I had my Wranglers on that whole thing. And he's paying it back or whatever. And I guess the plan was just like five hundred grand at first and then six hundred grand, maybe 10 years, never, whatever it is. And people have dug into it a little bit deeper. Is the Copperfit biz down? Oh, Did no. COVID attack Copperfit? No. Is Wranglers out of business? What the hell is going on down there in a sip with your guy, AJ? I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm, I would imagine Copperfit has never been higher than during COVID. Pete, Walgreens is open oh. the whole time. I see it there every time I go. Oh, drive. hell no. The old folks are not outside playing ball. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> now, on the other side of his vax coming out, they outside, baby. Copperfit might have a big bus or a boom here. Yeah, might be time to get back. in. Might be time to shuffle get in board. on copper. The stand up shuffleboard court's going to be full again. Copperfit elbow and knee sleeves all over. Uh, copperfit made mast for a while during the COVID. Oh wow. yeah. So Brett yeah. Favre one of those on. Does he own all copper stuff? Yeah, he's for oh yeah. So what? Why what is the Jerry? welfare fund? What's going on, AJ? Or what about Jerry? He's in on one of the commercials too. Jerry who? Jerry Rice, does he have some equity in the company? He's tailgating. Oh, he, he's yeah. too busy tailgating. So let's get to a break. He's too busy tailgating. A lot of people thought he was potentially an answer to one of the questions today on the ticket trivia. Yeah. 
He was not the shortest interview, but should have been. Oh. <laughs> you Jay Rice on the show? Out of respect. I, love, I have a lot of respect for Jerry Rice, okay, for what he did on the football field. The MVP of tailgating. Just not Rice, really. But what you're talking about there, <laughs> what AJ just referenced, and what the boys, I mean, he was, I thought he's Mount Rushmore, worst conversations we've ever had on the show. Mount Rushmore, Man. top four for sure. You got to respect him on the field. And I saw Jerry, this is why I lost some respect for Jerry. When well, he had, that, <laughs> <laughs> he had that damn chicken wing on his face mask in the Popeyes commercial. <laughs> Man, you, you, you set us back a little bit right there, Jer. <laughs> I didn't Come see on, this. I don't oh think I saw Oh, my that. God. I'm going to send it to you, AJ. Please. I'm going to send it my to God. you. Thank you so much for rocking with us all week. It's been a wild ride, obviously, with the Aaron Rodgers news and everything like that. The next couple of weeks, I'll be fascinated to see the, the turns we take in this sports coverage and conversation world that we live in. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. Can't thank the guests for spending their time having a conversation with us. Can't thank the boys enough for their maximum amount of effort. I can't thank everybody enough for all of this. Thank you all so, so much. Have an incredible weekend. We will see you on Monday. Going to be a big show, I think. From an inkling that I have heard, going to be a big show. Be a friend, tell a friend. Have a great weekend. I appreciate the hell out of you. Please play some independent music and repel these people into a beautiful weekend. Cheers.